Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to WNS9 Plus. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got Jim, and we have a special treat to you. We have Travis Sawchick coming on today. We're going to talk some regional sports networks and uh, maybe their failures. So uh, what's up, Travis? How's it going? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Very well. Excited to have you better back. Than, uh, better than the RSNs, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, it's nice to be back speaking with some Pittsburgh folks after my... Exactly. Uh, Nice. Now, I just want to preface this too. I made sure I set it out that way, you know, regional sports networks, because I can't tell you how many times I've said RNS, (laughs) just like I'm (laughs) doing some home networking or something. So I'm like, I'm not going to screw it up. I'm going to say it out. So, uh, yeah, that's my little story, I guess. Yeah, there's a lot of acronyms in this uh, this whole cable streaming discussion. And uh, so, yeah, you have to be careful not to trip up, but yeah. RSN, 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 RSNs. There we go. But, uh, but yeah, like I said, thanks for hopping on here. We, uh, we wanted to bring you on. You've uh, established yourself as like a subject matter expert here. I think in this, in this space, uh, you just put out a couple articles in the last week. I know last year you had a three part series kind of on, you know, how, how, uh, you know, local sports broadcasting is going to shape up over the next uh, few years. So, um, Really, uh, and like I said, articles can be found on the score, score.com. Um, you can follow Travis on Twitter too to get, get all those links there. But yeah, I just kind of want to go over, you know, news broke a couple weeks ago that, um, you know, there were some issues here. So I guess I'll, I'll let you kind of, I guess, preface all of this with um, what's, what's been going on in the regional sports network news and why does it pertain to baseball fans in particular? Yeah, it's a it's a big subject and it's an important story. I mean, I'd argue it's the most important thing going on right now in the sports business side of things. And I'll try to like do a somewhat brief recap of how we got to where we are today. Where I mean, it's pretty staggering. Like fourteen fourteen MLB teams tied to Bally RSNs. Don't know if they'll be getting paid, uh, you know, before round opening day. And uh, I know the Pirates, and I think. The Royals, uh, I know we mentioned off air that report that just came out a few days ago. They, they were shortchanged in payments. Uh, so I think you know, if we go back to Bally specifically, 2019, Disney bought 21st Century Fox. And Fox had all the Fox regional sports networks at the time. And I believe I mean, Disney sold them off to Sinclair, which rebranded them as Bally sports, regional sports networks. And I think Disney had to sell them uh, because of some legal issues to what they could own and could not, but uh, that's not really important. They just, what happened was they sold these near the peak of the cable. uh, I don't know if you want to call it a bubble, but near peak subscription. So in 2014, there are like a hundred million cable subscribers in the U S and that was starting to slowly decline uh, and by 2019, cord cutting that started to take off a little bit. 
but that's only accelerated since Bally uh, bought all these, bought all the RSNs or Sinclair bought them and put them under their Diamond Sports subsidiary and rebranded them Bally. See all the different terminologies you know, that are involved. In <laughs> yeah, this. Right. But basically, they bought uh, they bought at the peak of something of a bubble where the the model the distribution model for live television is changing and it's going more and more to streaming. Uh, you know, I mean, just recently, Comcast, the largest U.S. cable provider, they announced their fourth quarter and full year financials, and they were down. Uh, they lost 11% of their cable subscribers just in the last year. Uh, and overall, the cable market's gone from 100 million in 2014 to 70 million in you know 2022. So that's a 30% decline. So you have fewer people, fewer subscribers paying the bill for the RSNs, and the and what the RSNs are paying teams is a set cost. So you have fewer people paying. So the existing cable subscribers bills go up uh, for the same content. And then you have people cutting because their bills are, so it creates this kind of death spiral as I would call it. And the younger generation like you fellows are more <laughs> likely to, to be streamers. Uh, Roku's hours on their streaming platform are up 23% this year. So you have, I think that's a good example or side-by-side -side comparison comcast on 11 percent, roku up 23 percent, and you can kind of see where these trend lines are going uh and it's not just subscribers it's advertisers too when you advertise on connected on tv connected the internet streaming connected tv advertisers know have better data on who is watching how long they're watching what was the engagement where cable it's always been kind of a guess i mean even like the nielsen ratings it was always just kind of a guess of who was watching? What was the audience? You never really knew. Now you know. So you have advertisers leaving and you have subscribers leaving and you have these RSNs holding the bag. And Bally's the big one because they they have the 19 RSNs, 14 major league teams. Uh, and just last week, they weren't able to pay their debt. They took on nine, nine billion in debt to buy these. And they, at the near, more near the peak of cable and they didn't make their debt payment last week, and that set up this 30-day window uh, to try to figure something out, at the end of which they're expected to declare bankruptcy. And you know, Rob Manfred uh, said again last week that if, that if they're unable to pay, baseball will take back their rights, and they'll figure out a way to, to distribute them to, to fans. And uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of where we are. And it, there's, a lot of, there's a lot more questions that need to be answered within the next month or two. But it's uh, we're at this kind of amazing, I don't know, rupture point in how we watch live sports TV. And I wrote that series last year. Uh, and it's even I thought this was likely to happen by the end of the decade, but I didn't think it was going to happen a year later. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that, that's my synopsis of where we are today. OK. Yeah, because it was interesting. So, you know, a year ago, you, I mean, you, you basically said, like, it's going to be impossible for this whole thing to really collapse and get shifted to a straight to consumer uh, product anytime soon because, because of the way this RSN model is. And everybody's got different deals expiring at different times. Like, MLB doesn't really have control of the product on a local uh, level. So, uh, and, and this is kind of accelerating everything where if 
if there's these 14 teams, which is half, half the league, if half the league can no longer distribute their product locally through an RSN, then they're going to have to figure out some other way for these 14 teams to do it. And then, you know, 17, if you add an AT&T sports network on top of that, um, which, you know, they're, they're clearly in a little bit better position than, than, uh, than Bally's since they made some sort of a payment, but you know, you're going to be, you're talking about half the league over half the league now that their RSNs are in trouble and yeah. How are you going to distribute the product? Cause the, the, I mean, the fans still want to watch the team, still watch the team. So how, how, how is this going to work? Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, there will at least be, if if Sinclair doesn't pay, if the Bally's sports RSNs aren't an option and Major League Baseball does and their clubs take back their rights, Manfred has said there will at the very least be an MLB.tv option where you know, the out-of-market games have always been on that streaming platform. And they'll, I think it's $150 a year. And they'll add, uh, for the teams affected, they'll have the in-market option added, which I think could actually, uh, and if you can do that with 14 teams right now, and it's widely popular, that could be an interesting entry point to a large, you know, to a direct to consumer future, the kind of Netflixification of baseball. That's it, a possibility. Uh, so there'll at least be that option for teams affected. Uh, I, and I, it's really, if you don't need cable TV, that's really consumer friendly. You just watch what you want. And if you want to watch, if you just want to watch baseball games and not much else, you just have your MLB.tv app and it's consumer choice. Uh, now, owners are terrified of, I think, the direct-to-consumer model because for so long they've been subsidized by cable viewers. Most people that subscribe to cable do not watch live sports. They watch all sorts of things, but only a fraction of the audience watches live sports. But it's that RSN fee that's hidden in your cable bill or the ESPN monthly fee that's hidden in your cable bill that were two of the most expensive aspects of that. So if that model goes away and those guaranteed cut checks that are cut to every owner, like Bob Nutting go away every year and they're forced to, uh, you know, possibly go to a direct consumer model where you're, where people have to purposely go out of their way to subscribe. They really want to watch <laughs> that. Mm-hmm. The Losing those guaranteed checks has to be terrifying because since, the Islanders and Cablevision started this whole model in the early 80s. It's been kind of one of the most important uh, bedrocks of revenue for teams is that local in-market cable revenue is guaranteed year after year. And I think sort of shielded teams from, uh, you know, having to be as competitive as they ought to be because they were receiving these guaranteed checks regardless of performance or even ratings, uh, you know, 10-year deals where they're you're just kind of locked in. Uh, so, yeah, it, this whole shift is really fascinating. Now, uh, Manfred also said if they take back the rights, they'll put them on the MLB.tv app, but they'll also try to sell them locally directly to cable providers. But they they surely won't get the same deals that were cut. Uh, and Manfred even said that. They'll be taking a short-term hit. So it'll be really interesting to see the ne- within the next 30 days or so, next couple months, how, how this all plays out. But I do think that direct-to-consumer option, looking five years out or so that might be a viable model uh, because the other thing, if it's not that, then you have to find a third party uh, distributor for your in-market game inventory. And that's always been, you know, the RSNs 
if they're gone and you don't want to go direct to consumer, who steps in as a third party? Uh, that's the other big question. Who would it be? Like we've seen Amazon, Apple, Google, YouTube fight over NFL rights. And I think uh, that national NBA package will be highly bidded for too. But the, the baseball package was kind of, it was a lukewarm interest. Like Apple took the Friday night games, Peacock did the Sunday morning games, but that deal that replaced the previous ESPN deal, uh, the new deals, ESPN, Peacock, Apple, replacing the old midweek ESPN or the old ESPN cable deal. It's for less money than the previous ESPN deal. So that was sort of lukewarm interest. And you wonder, uh, we're seeing, we see the PAC 12 deal with this too, where they're finding a hard time to get someone to buy their rights. So if you're not the, premium product like NFL football and I maybe uh, I guess English Premier League if they ever came up they would be their NBAs probably ahead of the baseball and pecking order you just wonder who is that third party uh, distributor going to be if it's not RSNs do you have to go direct and I'm kind of rambling on but that's sort of <laughs> where we are at this moment in time yeah I mean you bring up kind of how every that like that steady check right and and that's kind of what owners have relied upon at, you know, on the at the same time, kind of looking at this from from a Pirates fan standpoint, from a fan of a of a small market team, that's also been the main really uh, difference in you know, say a team like the Pirates and a team like the Dodgers, right? Is the Dodgers local TV deal is just exorbitantly larger than than a team like the Pirates. So, I think what's what what I'd be most looking forward to is if if this does come to a direct to consumer product that MLB is putting out, you know, through like an MLB TV, you, you call it MLB.tv plus, I think is, is the kind of the, the phrasing that you've put on it. Um, like if that were to become a thing, is this something where, yeah, the pirates just get the people who subscribe to the pirates. Is it something where they pull it all together and just every team affected shares all the revenue? Is it, could it lead to a more, streamlined local TV revenue sharing deal, or like I said, like you mentioned a team like the pirates. I don't know how many people are going to go in there and subscribe. Yes. I want to watch every local pirates TV game. Like that could be a big hit for a team like them or a team like, you know, the, the diamondbacks or the Marlins or the Rays, right. Or a number of these teams. So it's I, that, I think that's what I'm most curious on. Yeah. That's another one of the big questions is if, uh, is if it's direct to consumer or if some giant tech giant decided, yeah, we'll buy all the games, how would that revenue be uh, distributed? Would it be as unequal as it is in today's world or would it be more, uh, more something closer to the NFL model where it's split evenly? And the NFL, they're already the kings of sports media and they, they're totally uninvolved in this RSN nightmare. So mm -hmm. uh, or would yeah. it be something closer <laughs> to that? And, for fans in small markets like Pittsburgh or here in Cleveland where I am, that would be, that would be great because that's, that's been a cloud that overhangs a sport every off season. You know, there's, there's only a handful of teams bidding on the biggest stars and a lot of teams, so many teams go into the season without much of a chance. And I think the Reds president, even Denise Sarris recently that we have zero <laughs> chance. Uh, yeah. So that's not good for the game when you just have this, blatantly on equal playing field and a and a union that's not interested in a, a cap and floor system so uh yeah it's a tough spot and i would i mean my selfish hope as a fan of baseball and a 
person who grew up in a, as a fan of a small market team is that there would be a more equal uh, way of sharing revenue or at least more competition in the system where to get those subs, you have to put out the best product you can. And you can't tank away a season because no one's going to be watching. Uh, so I hope something like that would make the game more fan-friendly and we see less tanking teams and more competition. Uh, and I, I was talking with someone who has experience on the team side and the RSN side, and he shared that he always had this feeling that uh, f- the rabid faction of set fan bases were always much smaller than many people believed. Like the audience that would actually you know, sit there and watch most games on television or maybe be willing to subscribe would be much, much smaller than the existing, you know, what you're getting from cable. Uh, you know, I think most RSNs probably get about, I think it's six to $8 per subscriber of cables going to the RSN. So what fraction of, what would you have to charge for the direct product to match that? It would, mm-hmm. it would be much more than $20, which is what Bally was trying to charge on their app. But they're even their app is a disaster too because they don't own the streaming rights and the cable rights for most of their MLB, MLB teams. They have 14 MLB teams, and I think they only have the streaming rights to four. So, like, I'm in Cleveland, and I can watch – if I had the Bally Sports app, I could watch the Cavs, but I couldn't watch the Guardians because they don't have the – somehow they don't have the streaming rights. Interesting. To, uh, <laughs> so that's a further problem for them is they try to launch – an app they don't even have the streaming rights to a number of the products they have for cable which kind of has their i think their streaming app dead on arrival since they don't have those uh so yeah they're in a world of herd and i just i don't see a future where bally sports exists and probably at&t too so it's going to look a lot different i don't know if that future is right now or maybe they negotiate something in the next few months where they survive but i the cable trajectory is going down and accelerating. So I don't, I just don't see how you get out from under it. And I, I do think baseball, NHL uh, and NBA teams need to uh, be thinking. And I think the NHL just had an emergency board of governors meeting or something like that to discuss the yeah. RSN situation. So I think teams really, I don't know how prepared they were to face this now. I, I think they had an idea this was coming but I didn't think they went into like not right opening now. day. Yeah. You're not getting your check, <laughs> you know? So it's pretty wild. I mean, to, to that point, uh, owners just spent a record on free agents this offseason. So how prepared were they for for this situation? Including, I think, I think the Texas Rangers are part of Bally Sports. I'm not sure about that, but, the, you know, they spent a ton of cash. And were they really ready mm-hmm. for this, maybe not getting paid by opening day? That's a good point. Now, I just want to say something here, too. As far as you talking about rambling, like, keep rambling. Because the thing about this is, I feel like, I mean, we definitely talked about this before the show, and probably everyone listening, is I just feel so uneducated on all this. Like, that's why bringing you on, I think it's great. Because, you know, you're hearing all this stuff happening, and it just feels like I'm ignorant to everything. I have no idea, like, what is going to happen, you know, the outcome of all this and everything, and, like, what's happening. So, like, that's why you're here. Talk to us. Educate us on all this. Uh, but with that said, like, one of the biggest things – I I took away, you said the word even on the show right now, catalyst, you know, you mentioned how <clears throat> no one saw this happening right away that because of all the things happening maybe a decade from now, but with Bally sports going bankrupt, <clears throat> excuse me, this could be the catalyst for changing. And then like, I'm thinking too, in the same sense, you know, maybe not right now today, there's like a game plan involved, but maybe five years from now there is or something. Well, 
the new CBA is coming up also at that point in time. Like that is what I'm looking like, is this possibly the catalyst and all they keep talking about and fighting with labor negotiations and trying to level the playing field? Like maybe is this that catalyst as well to have more revenue streaming capabilities to even things out, you know, like maybe again, like maybe short term, this isn't great for baseball, but it's like in five years, maybe this is the big catalyst for a lot of changes that fans, players, owners, everyone is like looking for. Yeah, that's a great point. And it, it could be. I mean, if you're ever going to have a catalyst, it's taking money away from owners that will start to get <laughs> things changed. And uh, yeah, it's it's going to be super interesting to see how this plays out. But if this does deteriorate, you uh, rev- revenue sharing, the revenue sharing system has to be negotiated between players and owners, of course. Uh, and if the whole cable model, kind of the bedrock of it is totally disrupted you might have to put in an entirely new or much different looking system uh there could also be a world where maybe this like the yes network is still fine and some of the largest teams uh, are able to survive on their own but you have maybe the smaller markets or mid markets binding together in a, in a group uh so there could be like these tiers we sort of see it in college football where the sec and big 10 have mega deals and we have see the other mm-hmm. conferences uh, you know, what is their future? So I wonder, it, it's going to be really fascinating to play out. And uh, I, you have to be, I guess, a real weirdo to dig into this, like, like I did, but <laughs> I, I don't know, a year ago, in part because my cable bill kept going up, because uh, I switched, uh, I, I went to a streaming network, uh, it was Hulu at the time, they had, they had the RSNs, and I was paying like $65 a month, it was great. And then they lot, Bally and Hulu couldn't agree, so they took the RSNs away. So then I had to go to a more expensive streaming service, DirecTV. Uh, but every few months, my cable bill would go up. And I'm like, what is going on here? And I, it's really this, this death spiral where, where I think it's you know, the rights fees stay static, but there's fewer people paying for them. The bill keeps going up. And people are like, well, I'm just going to cut this and look at my, my streaming options. And uh, yeah, it could be a catalyst as this continues to play out. It it's going to be a catalyst for some sort of change. What that looks like, I think, I don't know that anyone has a great feel for it right now, but it's going to be different. Yeah, and, and I think long-term, you know, a the ability to stream in market baseball games is like something that just has to, to happen, right? For, for, for Major League Baseball to reach a younger audience, they need to be able to do away with the local blackouts and you could, you should be able to watch your teams locally through MLB.tv. Right. Um, I, I think my, my concern with this overall, like for the sport itself is major league baseball does the, the, the large majority of their fan base is, is older, right. They, out of, out of all of the major sports in the United States, it's probably the oldest fan base. So yeah, like someone like myself, Donardo, you, Travis, we would go out there and if major league baseball was like, you've got to pay us $250 and you get access to every game of the season. Sure. Here you go. Right. I, we're going to pay that and we're going to find a way to make it happen. But like looking at people like, I don't know, like, like someone like my, my father's generation, you know, someone in their sixties who been a baseball fan their entire life, but they don't have Netflix. They don't have Hulu. They don't have these things. They they watch the game on AT and T Sportsnet, which used to be Root Sports, which used to be Fox Sports. Right? They've just been doing that for twenty five years now. And if they're 
in front of their TV at seven o'clock on a Wednesday night. That's just what they turn on. So are you going to, if, if that is no longer an option for those people where they can just sit down in front of their TV and turn on, turn on the, the, the channel that they're used to turning on and there's no game there. Are those people gone? Like, did you, are you, are you losing those people as fans? Because are they, are those, are those folks going to make that fundamental shift to, well, if I want to watch the pirates, I need to download this app on this, on this device. I need to go out and get this device. I need to download this app. I need to pay this person money. Is that going to happen? Yeah, it's a great question. And I, I do think the average MLB fan is like nine years older than the average NBA. So self-described NBA fan. It's, it's a real question. Uh, I, I do think baseball will they'll try to get some money out of cable as long as it exists, or even maybe local network TV. Like maybe Pirates games will be on KDKA uh, you know, in a few yeah. years. Okay. I so that they will try, try to keep that. Uh, it's almost like the just like the printed newspaper still exists uh, as long as it's feasible for some segment of the population. They'll they'll try to keep that afloat, but they'll eventually have to make this digital pivot. And I, I do, I mean, I think about my dad, he once said he would never send me or my sister a text message. Like he refused (laughs) to do it. He was fine with his flip phone and he's learned how to text. So I, I think he enjoys it. So if you really want to, I think at some point people be incentivized to leave the cable ecosystem and go into streaming. And if they're a huge baseball fan, they'll go find the product. And if it's a blackout free product where you can watch everything you want and choose what you want to watch, uh, sort of like what the MLS is doing with Apple TV and like if baseball could do something like that, I think it would be tough in the short term, but could eventually be very popular. Uh, yeah. So I, I think the super fans will find a way uh, th- those casual uh, 60 and ups that only turned it on because there was, it was on uh, maybe, maybe you do lose them. Uh, but you know, baseball's got to be concerned about its demographic. It, it, it needs younger fans. It needs to reach younger people. It needs fewer blackouts. So maybe this is just taking medicine a little earlier, but getting through this to a better future, you know, looking at, trying to look at this optimistically from the business side. Uh, maybe it could be what seems terrible today is an opportunity for something new because you look back through history, owners were terrified of what, television meant for get you know gate receipts and that's why you know the blackout the archaic black rule blackout rules are really rooted in that uh they were they were terrified when the islanders put their games on cable vision what does that mean uh later on everyone embraces it and it was created uh, more money for players and owners and brought more games to fans so everyone benefited from that system uh and i i think everyone will ultimately benefit from this too and i I, I hope it is for small market fans. I hope it's not just avoiding blackouts, but you have owners like Bob Nutting who are, you know, you have to always, you, you can't have a hundred loss team multiple years in a row. You always have to be more competitive and, uh, and not that even teams are really built to, entirely through free agency and big salary players, but you have to be competitive in player development, the draft, uh, and you have to get people to watch. So it'll be interesting to see how that aspect plays out yeah i gotta say like again speaking on on for me 
this this kind of excites me. I hate to say this. I hate to be excited on like the downfall of somebody, right? Like so, at the expense of ballet sports right now, whatnot, like what's happening. I think like this is great for the future, as you talked of. I mean, this is definitely the way that's going, right? I mean, I think all three of us right now have cut the cord, right? Jim, you as well. Yeah, you have Hulu, right? Mm -hmm. I keep yeah. bouncing back and forth because they want to decide who gets MLB Network and who doesn't. And now I'm back with YouTube TV and they just cut MLB Network again. So <laughs> right. I got to find my next streaming service again. But, um, you know, but that, again, that's the cool thing. You get to find out and just keep going back and forth. Whereas if you're in Comcast Nation, you get Comcast and good luck. Um, but yeah, so like I see this as the future, but that is something that worries me now. And Jim, like I know you talked about mainly before in the show, you know, people that are just set in their ways or stuck, so you might lose out on those fans. So I guess like right now is that time where you got to find this like even cushion of what to do. But I'm telling you, like what kills me is it seems like MLB is trying to do this great service of. I'm not going to go out like changing the game, like, you know, everything, all the fundamentals, but, but they're like, they're making the game adapt, making things more, uh, you know, attractive to like the younger generation, right. Speed it up and such. But like you said, you're hitting the nail on the head, but they're not offering packages and ways for the younger generation to watch it. So like these blackouts and such, it's just to me, like that's, that's what's killing the game more than like the game itself and the rules you have in place. So I don't know. That's just my two cents. I I'm excited about all of this stuff. Yeah, it's, I think it's an exciting future for consumers. I mean, I hate to see anyone lose their job over this or that sort of thing. Although I do think a lot of jobs would probably transition. You might see a lot of the same broadcasters and people, whatever the medium is or distribution vehicle is. Uh, but yeah, I think it, it, sh it should be an exciting future. And I think it might pave the way for more innovation and broadcasts too. I mean, the way we watch games, what we see is pretty much the same camera angles and, and it hasn't changed like, there's been no incentive to change. People cut their guaranteed checks. <laughs> so this is going to mm -hmm. force people to put out a better product and be more competitive in lots of ways from what you put on the field to how, how you show it. And uh, yeah, fewer, the blackouts are an issue too. So yeah, I think uh, a change is scary, but you know, the future I think is exciting for, for media and live sports. And speaking of the future, so I love I love the way you ended your article too, because again that that's what's exciting me the most. But it's true. I mean, MLB created the streaming service, right? They got Bam Tech. I mean, we talked about the fifty million dollars. I can't tell you how many times, right? Especially with your Pirates fans, uh, what did nothing do with the money, right? So <laughs> <laughs> we all know about you know how they've been cashing out this Bam Tech, um, and like for as backwards it seems baseball has been in a lot of ways, like they are the forefront on a lot of things too, and like this is kind of part of it and like you ended it it's like you know they were innovative before maybe like innovative again do you know do you do you have any thoughts of like what they might be trying to do what they can be doing what the next innovation of lb is for uh for watching these these games or such yeah i i wish i could tell you i i don't know i i just ended the article that way just as they do have yeah. smart people who i mean if you're watching disney plus it's built on the backbone of bam tech and uh mlb out innovated Disney when it came to uh, a distribution platform, which is, so they can do this. I mean, they, they'll have the ability to produce games uh, with what they have now. Now, what will it mean for the future? I, I don't know, but uh, even something like the field of dreams game, that was kind of a cool concept. So they are, they've thought about some interesting ways to not necessarily how they showed that game, but just thinking outside the box and where could we play a game? Well, maybe they'll do that with how, how do we broadcast a game? when they control more of it. Uh, 
will they ever control enough to have a true direct to consumer product? That's as because so many of these rights expire at different times and the different RSNs have different levels of health. But starting with 14, and who knows, maybe with some of the AT&T teams soon too, that could be a good start if you bound them all together. Uh, but you know, it is hard to get anyone, two people in this country to agree on anything. So could you get all these owners to yeah, agree on a seventeen? <laughs> now, if they have nowhere else to turn, uh, I, I hope they keep the streaming and the cable separate. Like I hope they just kind of band the streaming together, and then they, you know, sell locally what they can with to cable if it comes to that. But uh, yeah, I, I'm rambling there. But uh, yeah, it, this. If you're ever going to launch a direct-to-consumer and go full Netflix or Disney+, Plus, now would be the time to do it. You can't quite do it MLS did with Apple because I don't think they had many local, right? I, I'm not as familiar with yeah. MLS. I think they had more of a collective uh, situation than what baseball has. But to get 14 freed up potentially all around the same time is very unusual. I mean, I can't believe we're even talking about this. And I wrote that series last year about the possibility of 14 teams not getting a check around opening day. That's, I mean, it's crazy. It really is. It's a, and it's an yeah. ESPN story too. They're, uh, you think at their peak, they're getting at least $700 million a month from cable subscribers. And that's been cut. Uh, and I'm, I'm not even sure that's counting ESPN too. And, uh, there are other kind of ancillary channels to have that reduced by 30% and all the rights they hold. Uh, it's really, it's not just an RSN story. It's an ESPN story. It's a whole cable story. And the only one that doesn't really have to worry mm-hmm. about it is the NFL. So. Right. <laughs> Must be nice. Get on board <laughs> all the owners. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they would love it if Amazon would say, uh, We'll buy all your games or Apple yeah. comes along, but they just, mm-hmm. I just don't know because they didn't show that level of interest. Granted it's early, it's in the early innings, but they didn't show that interest last year with the, the, the ESPN deal that expired. So would they have a change of heart now? I, I don't know. It seems to be uh, in the Sunday ticket was a big bid. Amazon's paying, you know, a billion dollars a year for the Thursday night game. Uh, NBA rights are coming. I don't, where does baseball fit into that with like the tech giants and distribution? I don't know. Interesting. Well, yeah. we don't want to take <laughs> up too much more of your time, Travis, but uh, no, we appreciate you coming on. I think uh, hopefully everybody listening to this learned a lot about like what's going on right now, what it could mean. Um, I know everybody hates blackouts. That's kind of everybody's biggest thing is, Hey, if, if we can, if we can take away blackouts, you know, that's, that's a step in the right direction. So yeah, yeah it's it, going to be interesting to see where we go. It should be uh, potentially much fewer blackouts this year. We'll see. Uh, yeah. Ultimately it should be down the road. Good for consumers and to get owners off these guaranteed checks, I, I think as uh, huge potential too. So I hope, I mean, who knows, maybe we'll all end up, not people will end up paying more than we ever paid for right. cable bills we have like yeah. seven different streaming services i hope that's exactly. not what it comes to but uh right. i hope it will be an exciting future for for all of us that you know watch live sports on a large screen which i think is you know many of us yeah <laughs> yeah
Do you have it? Uh, does the AT and T is that on Hulu in Pittsburgh or like which streaming services? How's your RSNs there? You know what? I'm not sure. Neither of us are actually in oh, the yeah. Pittsburgh market. So oh, okay, um, you're on the wrong podcast. Not, if you want people I'm from Pittsburgh. Entirely, okay. I'm not entirely <laughs> positive to be honest with you. So you do you watch Pirates like through MLB.tv then? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Same. And I'm located in Jacksonville. Same thing. I watch MLB TV, but in Jacksonville, so the Rays in Miami are all Bally's. So I wasn't able to watch any of those games because normally I could because I would when I had TV, right, pop it on. But like you said, with Bally's going on, with all the streaming services, like you couldn't you couldn't get them on there. So uh, I couldn't watch any of the games that way. So no more Bally's. I can start watching games hopefully. Yeah, along those lines, I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. So Cincinnati is the local team here. So Pirates played the Cincinnati Reds 19 times annually, you know, every year. And so anytime the Pirates played the Reds, I couldn't watch it. It's not on Hulu. Bally's not on Hulu. So, um, yeah, so there was 19 Pirates and Reds games that I couldn't watch on MLB TV because I was blacked out in market. And yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's just absurd. I mean, people want to watch your games. Uh, exactly. There's no yeah. reason they can't. There's no – technological reason they can't it's just pressing a button and creating that access yep and like it's just crazy how like just if any carrier has that game on then you're just automatically blacked out like i know ryan who used to be part of this he lived like on the outskirts of cleveland and there were some times and like it depended on no i think it was tyler depending on like the side of the house he, he was on sometimes you get pirate games <laughs> but ryan lived like in cleveland there's sometimes he couldn't get pirate games on he's like i live all the way out here in cleveland and i can't watch the games i'm blacked out because it's you know there'll be one regional you know channel or whatever that had it on like the whole blackout thing is just so dumb like you said i just it's so backwards for baseball for their growth yeah absolutely uh yeah it's i hope it's another consumer friendly thing that happens out of this Same. this whole mess but uh yeah, I know well, it's a Travis. messy topic and lots of acronyms and terminologies. I mean, <laughs> you have Bally branded RSNs under the Diamond Sports Group owned by Sinclair. I mean, there how confusing yeah. can you get? <laughs> but yeah, it was great to be with you, and I hope you know helped anyone interested in the subject uh, to see where we where we might be going. Absolutely, sure. and uh, and and we'll give you a chance to plug so where can people find your your stuff yeah, i'm writing for <clears throat> sorry the score uh it's based in toronto but it's uh, i think we're the third largest app in north america and well i think we're most known for like our scores like it's a great app for score uh, box score scrolling uh and if you're into sports betting there's that option too and we also publish content and that's where i come in uh so yeah give us a if you're not familiar with the app Check it out, if not for me, for our scores, because I do think it is a very, uh, talking about consumer friendly, I think it is a great app for scoreboard scrolling. I use it over the other yeah. options. I feel like it's been around forever, too. I mean, I, yeah. it was around, like, when I remember my first iPhone, it was like the score. It was like, it, it, yeah. yeah, super easy, super easy app to use. I agree. That might be the best plug we've had on the show, by the way. <laughs> it might be. It might be. <laughs> It, it'll make your life a little better, even if you don't want to read my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, thanks for having me on, guys. It was a pleasure. Of course. Definitely. Thanks again. We'll talk to you sometime soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, Travis. Thanks, fellas.